Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to our Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and yes, I will be joined by Laura Bradburn and Jerry Taylor for the Celtic versus Wolves preseason friendly coming to you from the Aviva Stadium in Dublin. Why were we late? We weren't really late, were we? Uh, last night, Roy Aiken, Barra's Art and Design, it was a late one and it was a phenomenal experience to meet Roy Aiken, who for me was an absolute hero growing up. He was omnipresent in my Celtic youth. He played from 75 to 1990. He was the captain of the reserve side. Um, and Laura, by the way, was the one who set this stream up for us, Laura, because I was stuck on the bypass coming in. So Yeah, and then I ended up being the one late in because my computer went crazy. So These are the challenges that you face doing live streams, Laura, but we're here and we're always here. Uh, listen, Roy Aiken last night, before we get stuck into the game, what a phenomenal guest he was, Laura. Unbelievable. I was just saying there, omnipresent in my youth. Were you kind of like that yourself? Uh, he was a little tiny bit before my time, so I, I don't remember him actually. Stop, stop shutting off. Stop well, shutting off. Do you, know, do you know my first recollection of Roy Aiken, the man, the myth, the legend, was in the dugout for Aberdeen, actually. Wow. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. That really is incredible. Obviously, going into these nights, um, you have an idea of a guest who you think the Celtic fans and the Axom audience would be up for watching. You approach them, you set it up, you get the venue, you you know, you know, punt the tickets, you hopefully raise some money for charity, which we did last night. And then you step onto that stage, Laura, and it's all there in front of you. It's a phenomenal feeling, unbelievable. But what I said to Roy beforehand was... Um, you know, before these things, it's natural for you to get nervous. 
actually would be worried if I wasn't nervous going out in front of people who have you know spent their hard-earned cash to come along to an event that we've actually put on. If you're not nervous, there's something wrong. When I stop becoming nervous, I'll need to check myself. So your stomach's doing the butterflies. I said to Roy, when he made his debut for Celtic, Laura, picture this, he was 16 years of age and still at school. How on earth did he manage to do that? How could he go out there and line up alongside Kenny Dalglish, Danny McGrain, George Conley, all these guys? I, I just cannot fathom it. And he was able to, he was very humble about it. He was just saying, you know, it had to be a job for me. It had to be. Because if you became too emotionally involved in it, Laura, it would have been too much. Mm, I think, uh, I think, you, the older you get yourself and you reflect on the ages that people are when they do certain things in life, you you appreciate more what it must have taken them for them to do it. You know, like, I was still pretty nervous getting on the school bus at 16, never mind going out in front of 60,000 fans at Celtic Park, much less playing with guys who I'm sure he looked up to and were his heroes as well. So, um, but yeah, from all accounts, it was a great night last night. And <clears throat> I think in the current situation that we all find ourselves in financially and stuff, it, it really doesn't go unnoticed that people are willing to part with their hard-earned cash to to make a night of it like that. So um, thank you to everybody who, who came along and, and, and saw it. I unfortunately couldn't make it last night, but I've been to I've been to one of the Axom live nights so far and I'm planning to go to another few this year and they really are cracking nights. You know, you're, you're there with uh, people who want to talk about football, talk about Celtic, just hear great stories and the guests you've got, you've had so far and some of the ones I'm hearing on the down lower lined up are pretty exciting. So I think everybody should keep their eyes and ears peeled. The good thing about it, I remember going through that horrible pandemic, Laura, and just thinking, wouldn't it be great once we get out the other end of that to actually see a lot of these people in person? And that's what we're doing as well. You're shaking their hands. You're getting to see the face behind the avatar. It's brilliant. So a big shout out to everybody who came out last night. Loved every moment of it. Yes, we're here to talk about Celtic versus Wolves. Uh, we're in Dublin. I wish it was over there. We were even offered a bedroom by an Axon listener to go over. To, to Dublin to watch the game. It's incredible how this is developing. Um, I'm going to read out the start and loving for anyone who hasn't seen it. It's an interesting one, Laura, and then we'll decipher what the plans are for Brendan Rodgers, who's obviously still assessing the squad. Uh, we've got Joe Hart and goals. Um, Awata will be playing right back with Greg Taylor at left back. We've got Welsh and Scales in the middle. Very interesting partnership in the centre of the defence. The midfield three of McGregor, O'Reilly and Hatate, Abada, Maeda and Kyogo up top. Uh, on the bench, we have Bain and Segrist, our two backup goalkeepers, Haktabanovic, Yang, Turnbull, Holm, O, Quan. Three new guys on the bench. We've got Burnaby, Lowell, Forrest, the man who will be um, enjoying a testimonial on Tuesday night, and Ben McPherson, who has actually been linked with a loan move to Admira Waka to um, join up with his teammates, Toby Oweliemi. Um, and also the the other player who's been linked is Joey Dawson. So McPherson's on the bench. And what do you make of the team before we, we go through it bit by bit, Laura? I mean, the team's the team's about about what you would expect. I think um, I think it 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 looks almost like, with the exception of maybe Scales and and Welsh, it's a lot of players you would hope that are going to heavily feature um in in the upcoming season. 
Uh, I'm as excited, if not more excited, for the three new guys on the bench that hopefully we can get a glimpse of them. And obviously, they're going to be limited as to what you can learn, uh, you know, in terms of their actual ability and their effectiveness in a game like this. But um, getting a wee glimpse of them will no doubt be in the in the manager's plans and I certainly hope it comes to fruition. Um, the one thing I don't want to happen, I don't know if anybody was watching it, uh, the Wrexham Man United game uh, this week, the, the friendly over in America where the Wrexham striker suffered a punctured lung after an apparently accidental uh, clash with a goalkeeper, but my I could go on for ages about what I think of goalkeeper's tackles. Um, but, yeah, I'm just hoping that what we get here is a good run-out for everybody and they all come off the pitch fully fit and ready to go into the next match because you just never know what could happen. No, exactly. And things can change like that when it comes to injuries. Um, we were talking last night. I will refer once or twice to last night. I'm still buzzing about it, unless in case you can't, can't tell. But... Um, we were talking about players that came through and Roy Roy spoke about um, George McCluskey obviously coming through in the early 80s and starting to score goals. Massive part of the 4-2 game. But he said, you know, his brother John, uh, George's younger brother, um, John McCluskey, was a, a bigger prospect, Laura, but he had a, an issue with a blood clot. They reckon he would have been an absolute world beater. Um, mm. So, you know, Injuries, this is a big thing we've got to take into account as well. There's a few comments, I'm going to bring them in. I don't see them as negative. People are a wee bit concerned about where we are at this stage, Laura, and that's absolutely fine. We'll bring it up, we'll discuss it, we'll agree, we'll disagree and whatever else. But you and Boy Martin, you were there last night, you were there with your good friend and your brother. What a brilliant night last night. Big Roy was on top form, really nice guy and a true legend. Um, And by the way, you and I did get him to sign your Celtic versus Dundee and your uh, 1989 Scottish Cup final programmes as well. So I'll be returning them as soon as possible with Roy Aitken's signature on them. um, And hopefully you can stick them up on the wall somewhere. Uh, Stephen Sloan, Rangers have spent more money in this window than us. They are showing real intent on winning the league. We can't fall asleep at the wheel. Our starting 11 isn't any stronger than last season. And this is something I want to talk about, all right, because Stephen's got a point. And there's other people echoing these views in the comments section. However, I'm still fairly calm about this, right? And and the reason I'm, I'm fairly calm about it is we are only in this position because of the change of manager. There's no doubt about it, Laura. You know, we go into this preseason with Ange Postecoglou and, you know, the four signings that came in would have came in. They, they were already in the works. And again, as I've said all week, I'm not complaining about that. I think they've been identified by a recruitment team and it would have gone through that filter and eventually it would have came onto Angie's table at a recruitment meeting, Laura, and he would have said yes or no. So the same thing's happened with Brendan with those four guys. The fifth player, I'm not so sure because he's moving into that bracket of a Kyogo or a Starfield in terms of the transfer fee. I think that's been far more of a collaborative effort between the recruitment team and Brendan Rogers, But... The big question and what we've seen a lot of is we are weaker than we were last season. We spoke about it yesterday, Laura. Before I give you my view on it, what's your take on it? Um, I, I kind of subscribe to something that Ange said last season when, when similar concerns were being raised at various points is I don't pay too much attention to what to what they're doing. I don't think it's of any interest to me. You can say in isolation that you would like us to have made more signings you can say in isolation that you would like us to have spent more money, but I don't think we should be paying any heed or attention to what they are doing because 
ultimately there's no evidence so far that any of the new signings are an upgrade on what they've had. Um, and I think fans can sometimes, myself included at times, get very excited by new signings or very concerned if a rival's making new signings and not wonder whether they're repeating the same mistakes of old. We've seen we've seen Rangers do this numerous times over the past 10 years. How many titles do they have in comparison to us? Like, the, there's no reason to think that a guy who couldn't get into the Feyenoord team who they now thinks the second coming since Pele is going to score any goals against us. I, I, listen, we, we do this in public and we set ourselves up for a fall. If he goes and scores a hat-trick against us, I look pretty silly. But I just think at this point in time, I'm not too concerned about it and we'll wait and see what happens. I think uh, the approach that, that we have as a club, Laura, is one that um, looks after your own backyard, right? So if, for example, there was a club splashing the cash, and by the way, I don't think they're splashing the cash, or challengers. Um, but if there was a club doing that, I don't think Celtic would follow suit. I don't think we try and match our spend to anybody else's spend. I think we're assessing a squad and we're trying to identify where we need to strengthen that. The big question is, are we weaker than we were? I remember maybe three weeks ago, Chris Sutton said it in the press, um, and it became a big, a big discussion point. Listen, if you lose a player like Jota, you're not going to replace him. You know, that's what I'm going to put out there. You are not going to replace Jota in this preseason. But what you might see is you might see someone like Abada coming to the fore. You might see Abada being the player that he has threatened and promised to be for the last two years, Laura. And by the way, you've seen glimpses of it from a young, young player um, who's come in and, and you know, his, his figures are tremendous for, for two seasons. If he was a, a player that had come through our ranks, he would be deemed a prodigy. You know, you'd be looking at him as, as the second coming. Unbelievable um, contribution in Angie's first two seasons. And now it's time for him to be that player week in, week out. He needs to do it consistently. He needs to do it. He's done it against Rangers, but he needs to do it in the Champions League because I don't think he's done it at that level and on that platform. So we're never going to go out and replace Jota because Jota was a player, and, and you know what? Completely different, and I'm not comparing the two players, obviously, when you hear who I'm going to mention here. Jota, for me, was like a guy like Fraser Foster, right? You bring him in on loan, and the club that he's at, it's not working out for him. He's not getting into the first team, and he's got bags and bags of potential, but he needs games, and he needs to be in a team that is able to kind of, you know, round off those rough edges. Fraser Foster, I remember his second loan period was announced uh, the night we played in Europe, it was against Sion. Remember, they messed up the registration mm -hmm. of a player and we yep. got through it. And there was a real disappointment going home that night. Uh, I, I remember thinking to myself, Chad Uri should never wear a Celtic jersey again. He was murder. He was absolutely murder. But the announcement happened before the game that Foster had signed another loan deal and nobody seemed that bothered about it, Laura, because even at that point, he hadn't shown us what he went on to show us. We worked with him for a couple of seasons before we've seen this, the goalie that he became. Jota, yeah, his first season, he showed flashes, he scored some brilliant goals. And, and he showed enough that we wanted to sign him for the 6 to £6.5 million that we eventually did sign him for. But Jota took a couple of years to become the player that Jota became. We're not going to replace him this pre-season because if we were to try and do that, you would be you would be spending a massive part of your kitty. What we do have in the background is we've got Abada, and Abada's already got two seasons behind him. He is your main man on the right-hand side. So are we weaker? Potentially we are. 
Potentially we are. But the only reason for that at the moment, I think, Laura, is the fact that Brendan Rodgers has come in and there's a period of assessment that Ange wouldn't have needed to have gone through. In these pre-season games, why why are Welsh and Scales playing centre-half? Where's Starfelt? You know, where's Kobayashi? And where's our new man? Well, he wants to see Welsh and Scales play 90 minutes, perhaps. He wants to yeah. assess the two players. I'm surprised that they're playing. They're two, they two guys are on my list of 10 players that I think could and should leave the building this pre-season, either permanently yeah. or on loan. But he's just assessing the squad, Laura. Yeah, I think... Um... I think we've raised that point numerous times of like, and it's the biggest frustration for me of of Ange leaving at the time that he did. It's not necessarily even the fact. Obviously, we lost a fantastic manager, but it's actually the 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 months you could see or the weeks you could see stretching out in front of you of getting the new manager in, him having time to assess the squad, identify where he thinks weaknesses are identify solutions to those weaknesses. That's all stuff that, if you believe everything Ange said before he left, he was already working on for us and would have been working on throughout the summer. So so Brendan's playing catch-up from that point of view. But um, but yeah, so many of the players you mentioned, Jackie Marcus is another one, took a long time to, to settle mm-hmm. and, and become the, the hero he eventually became. So there's no saying that any... Um, replacements that we make would even be particularly effective in the first few weeks or months of the season. I'm not saying that I wouldn't like to see more money being spent or more players coming in, but I don't think that right now it's a it's a problem for us that we should be so concerned about. I've even seen people saying that, you know, Ange left us with an aging squad and this and that. Listen, if you'd if you'd said to anybody at the Scottish Cup final last season when we were celebrating yet another treble that we would have any concerns about the squad if Ange had never left, then the answer would have been no. It's all a bit of hyperbole based on, you know, the the upheaval we find ourselves in. And I think it's fair enough for me to say this. Jim Orr will be watching this laughing probably, but we all just need to calm down a wee bit, I think, and, and just, <laughs> and just uh, hold our horses. But going back to the point about being concerned about what Rangers are doing, uh, the old version of their club's owner suggested that for every £5 Celtic spend, he'll spend 10 Look where that got them. That is not the way to operate a football club. You operate within your own means. You operate with your own targets. You operate with your own objectives for the season and seasons coming ahead. And that is the healthiest way to run a football club. It is. And, and I'm looking at that team at the moment, right? Now, um, Awata, Welsh and Scales, I don't uh, think will be playing right back in centre-half as the season progresses. But the rest of the players in that side, you know, Joe Hart is going to be our, our you know, first pick goalkeeper. I think we need to strengthen in that position, but that's that is a discussion we've been having. You look at the the, the left back, Taylor, see domestically Laura. Taylor's the best left back we've got. Um some people say that we can't step up to the Champions League with Taylor playing left back. Listen, I think we do need to strengthen at left back. But the person that we bring in, I think, you know, pushes Burnaby a wee bit further out of the picture, to be honest with you. Taylor would still be the, the, the first pick until otherwise, um, you know, performances would suggest otherwise with the new uh, incoming left-back. However, you look at the midfield, McGregor, O'Reilly, Hattati, strongest midfield we've got right now. I think the strongest midfield we had last season, even with Moy, I still mm. always went for McGregor, O'Reilly, Hattati. And up top, Abada made a Kyogo. I would take on anybody, uh, certainly domestically, with that as my, my top three, 
yeah, would Jota uh, be making that front line stronger? I'm, I'm pretty sure he would. But you know what? You've got to consider a badder coming into his own. You know, this is this is season three for him. And overall, um, Hatate, you're going to see a better Hatate this season. O'Reilly, potentially a better O'Reilly. These players are developing season on season. Maeda, we've seen something from Maeda in the Japanese game, Laura, that surprised me. Didn't surprise Liam Carrigan, but it surprised me. It was unbelievable in those games. So I think you've got to remember that the galvanisation also, Brendan coming in. Brendan is a gaffer that is going to improve some of these players. You're going to see a version of a Hatate, O'Reilly, potentially a Bada that we didn't see last season or the season before. They're going to improve. So on paper, you can say we're weaker. But then when you look at all the nuances of some, you know, man management and personal development of some of these players, we might actually not be any weaker. You might not notice the difference that Jota's not playing in the side, and it might sound, seem ridiculous. There was a, there was a massive kind of debate going on during the week, Laura in relation to, you know, bracketing players into, you know, project signings and starters and this and that. And listen, I, I get it. I get it. But what we've got on the bench at the moment is we've got Yang and we've got Home and Quan. And people were saying it, it's disrespectful to say that these guys are projects or, or you know, potential players or squad players, etc. What I would say to you right now, if, if this game that we're playing right now was away to Ross County or Livingston, right, would you start with Yang, Home, and Quan? And the answer's no. Not because they're not good enough, Laura, because at this moment in time, they're not proven. They're not proven in a Celtic jersey. And until such times as they get their opportunity and it shows what they can do, they're squad players that they've been brought in to bolster the squad. They're not, you know, going to get a first team jersey at this moment in time until they prove otherwise. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I totally subscribe to it. And I remember when I first appeared on this podcast uh, way back in the dark days of the of the lockdowns, I talked about aspiring to have a model like Ajax. And a lot of people scoffed at that. I think personally for what I'm seeing from the club suggests that we are going down that route, perhaps not with the academy so much, because uh, I know that a lot of uh, Ajax's players that they sell on for big fees are from the academy, but we are certainly adopting a model whereby uh, we are bringing players in, we are we are bedding them in, we are giving them first-team experience, first-team football. Those three players that you've mentioned, those three new players, give them two years to develop at Celtic and get some Champions League football, and we could have... Now, I'm saying this with absolutely no idea that this will happen, but you could have players selling... Three players there that will sell for 15 or 20 million in, in, three, in, in two years' time. Abada specifically is one that I think has shown his potential for the past two years. This is his year for me to really make his mark. And to be absolutely honest, after everything that's happened this summer, I'm at the point where I really don't care. As long as you bring success to Celtic and we get our worth out of you and then get our financial worth out of you, I don't care if he uses us as a, a, a springboard and onto greater things. If he really plays out of his skin this season, that will benefit us, hopefully domestically and in Europe. And then we'll be financially rewarded for it at the end of the season. And so the cycle begins again. That is that is something that I hope to see from all these new players coming in because it's the way that we've got to the position of dominance that we are in Scotland. Yes, it's not quite got us as far as we want in Europe, but I think we're still pretty early in this process of how we've been working. 
the, the shambolic approach to transfers doesn't even go back a decade yet. We've really only screwed the nut as far as the process we're using really since Ange came in, maybe since Brendan came in a little bit as well, but Brendan had a lot of flops first time round. But we'd really seem to have a process since Ange came in that seems like a viable way that we're going to strengthen the squad and hopefully domestic dominance has come out of that and hopefully European success will will follow. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at this pre-season, uh, Laura, and the Portuguese games that, you know, they came as something of a surprise, absolute bounce games just for fitness. And I don't think that would have changed if Ange was in the building or not. You'd have seen the halftime, 11 guys getting swapped over and all that. That would have been just fitness games. Then we went to Japan. That was all about the brand. It was all about the fact that obviously you had the links from Ange to Japanese Football Plus or Japanese Contingent. And, and uh, you know, these would have been exhibition games. You, you tell me the scores for all the games we played over in America over the years and, you know, even against the likes of Chelsea and Manchester United, you kind of, you tend to forget. We beat Man United 2-1 in America. Chris Sutton scored and Craig Beatty scored. Who remembers these games except saddles like me, Laura? Craig, Not many Craig folk. Beattie, Craig Beatty absolutely run striking to score, if I remember correctly. By the way, he played in one of the... Um, one of the charity games that we do, uh, the Axom charity games, the, the football greats. We've not done them in a while, actually, because our, our manager uh, was the, the dearly departed Frank McGarvey. So we haven't done a game for a while, but hopefully we get back to them. And you know that thing where you watch a footballer and you sit there, Laura, and you criticise them and you say they're no, no good and all that. I was kind of like that with Craig Beatty, and then I played a game with him and I thought, wow unbelievable the touch the boy had was incredible do you know know, I I implore anybody to find it I think it's on YouTube and on Twitter Uh, Aston Villa put a chest cam on Yuri Tielemans during a a game uh, just this week and this was a pre-season friendly and you want to see the pace it was played at and and they weren't even trying and I I thought to myself don't get me wrong we're on a fan podcast here. We are going to criticise players and they should be held to a high standard. But my goodness, like, if you think even the worst player you can think of is playing at a level that is just way beyond anything you could comprehend. Yeah, you're right. And and by the way, that, that feeds in to me writing a list of 10 guys that I think should be shipped out. And you start talking about footballers as commodity. You, ta- you start talking about them. You dehumanise them to a, to a level, Laura, you know. And... You know, there's a level of criticism that comes in when you speak about players like that that I absolutely get because they're human beings for a kickoff. I mean, Barkas has just signed up for Utrecht. I don't know if you've seen that. That was that was announced over the last 24 hours. So he signed a deal with Utrecht. He'll play until he's 36 year old at a very, very high level of football. He'll probably play in Europe, all that kind of thing. He'll get back into the international team. But it didn't work out at Celtic and he looked absolutely out of his depth at Celtic. It just happens from time to time. And I spoke about a Yeti in the same kind of vein. Here's a player, Laura, who, you know, over in uh, at Baal, over in Switzerland, he was prolific. He was sensational over there. So much so that he gets a big money move to West Ham United that didn't work out. Uh, another guy that, that's been in our kind of thoughts recently in the last week or so was Harold Bratback because he had a few mm-hmm. things to say about Celtic. Uh, he spoke about Celtic playing in a British league and how they would fare in the EPL. He spoke about comments made by Yang about using Celtic as a springboard or a stepping stone. But when you look at Bratback, when we signed him, he was one of the most sought-after strikers in Europe. People might laugh at this, but I had to go back through the old newspaper archives to, to have a look at him signing for Celtic. And in the months leading up to it, 
He was scoring Champions League goals against Real Madrid, Laura. You know, he was wanted by Newcastle because uh, Tino Aspria and Alan Shearer were injured and they wanted to sign Harold. Kenny Dalglish wanted to sign Harold Bratback. He comes to Celtic and he looked like he had two left boots on, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of his goal-scoring prowess, it dried up at Celtic, let's be honest. I know he had the four goals against Kelly and he scored that goal against St. Johnson. But when you look at his goal-scoring throughout his career, there's a blip. There's an anomaly when it comes to Celtic. It doesn't happen. And that's what happens with players. So I'm not being disrespectful to Ayeti when I say we need to ship him out. I'm not being disrespectful to McCarthy because I understand that we gave him the contract. But if a player is playing the equivalent of five games of football on average over two seasons, Laura, then it's quite clear that you don't keep him. So, you know, James McCarthy is that player and we need to move him him on for the betterment of his career, but also for the improvement and the development of our squad. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to Welsh and Scales playing today. Didn't expect it, but it's been presented to us and I'm looking forward to seeing how they fare. Uh, Welsh, I think he's been championed on Axom. I don't think he's been criticised all that often. And last season... I was about ready to find the Stephen Welsh CSC at one point, to be honest. I would have been a founding member, I think, at that time. I thought that Welsh, he was introduced at the worst possible time. We go on about the pandemic. Uh, You know, it was tough on so many levels for so many people. But in terms of a footballer coming into that environment, as a young player, having only played one game previously against, I think it was Hamilton at home, and he gets thrown into the Rangers game. Remember the night before that, Mm. we did like a pre-match and there was a suggestion that Welsh would be starting. And you thought, no chance absolutely no chance as well as going to start this game and he did and I remember the image of him uh, in the stand because the players are sitting in the stand there's no fans at the game and he was devastated he was absolutely devastated and um, in comparison to that contrary to that was Olivier and Cham who was sitting maybe three or four chairs down from him almost looking nonplussed kind of looking over at Stephen Welsh as if to say what are you worried about son you know he just didn't get it Welsh was absolutely devastated and the problem I've got is that, you know, in the two seasons under Ange Postecoglou, the last two seasons, he's only made 30 appearances. And worse than that, only six of them were last season. So he's a guy for me that's at that moment of his, his career that, you know what, Brendan Rodgers might have been blown away by his attitude and his performances at training so far and thinks you do have a future. Um, but it's definitely the, the last chance saloon for Welsh. And of course, Scales has got interest from Aberdeen, who I think want to take him out on loan again for another season. Do any of the two players have a future for you, Laura? Uh, Liam Scales absolutely does not for me. uh, The goal against Rangers for Aberdeen aside, I don't think he's done anything for us as a club. I I would happily... To be honest, I'm disappointed and gutted that that Aberdeen don't seem to have the funds to take him on a permanent basis because I think that's the best move for him and the best move for us. Stephen Welsh, I'd be a bit of a hypocrite if I said that I want to see him have a future at Celtic because uh, if I subscribe to the sort of things that I've said about Mikey Johnston and other players like him, there's only so many chances you can get. Uh, If he doesn't... If he doesn't nail down a place within the, the next few weeks and before the transfer window closes, I think his future's done. And given the fact that we've just signed another new defender, we've got Carter Vickers coming back, we've got Starfield, who's going to be hard to shift, and we've got Kobe Ashie as well, who's uh, you know, 
a, a more recent signing, if anything, so would be harder to shift as well. I don't think I don't think Welsh has got much of a future for us unless he comes in and is Billy McNeil Mark II, which nothing suggests he will be so far. Yeah, you're right. Bo- Bohied Bob. Uh, Harold was that player you just expected it to happen game after game, and it never did until it mattered most. Yeah, cool as a cucumber against St. Johnston, wasn't he? And Michael Ross, Wolves will rip that defence to shreds. Let's see. That defence has never played together, Michael, so let's hope that they're able uh, to keep it together. You look at guys like Hart in a situation like that to really step up, don't you? Kenny Lawson, has James done his Brendan impression to Brendan yet? Well, you know, he wasn't kidding when he says he's played a couple of games because that's all he's done. That's all James McCarthy's done since he's came. Um, listen, we're just about at that point of kickoff. Laura, thank you so much for joining us in the comment section. If you want to do that at halftime and full time, subscribe to the channel and uh, let's go and see what happens. Laura, it's an unfancied, untested defence. Um, let's hope they can keep it together. All that's left for me to say, Laura Bradburn, thank you for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Podcast Network.